What's going on everybody? It's Matt here. I just want to check in here with a little bit of a content warning on this upcoming episode. I do try to keep it relatively PG around here, but with this following film, there's really not a good way to do so and still give the film a proper review. This movie does contain strong sexual themes and violence, so if that's not something you are looking to listen to us talk about for an hour, then respect your decision, and you may not want to proceed. But if you are okay with that, then by all means, stick it out with us, and let's have some fun talking about one of my personal favorite horror movies of recent years, and one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Without further ado, here's our review of X. Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screen Savers podcast, and today we're here to discuss the excellent new horror movie, X. But first, weekly watch list. Matt, what have you been watching this week? Um, so I saw X twice leading up to this. Nice. So I, we, I saw it the first time with you guys the Thursday that it premiered. I was so blown away by it, um, not to give too much of my own thoughts yet, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I ended up getting a chance to see it a second time. Enjoyed it even more the second time. In addition to that, I watched a movie from one half of the two Daniels, the directing team behind Swiss Army Man and the upcoming Everything Everywhere movie. It was called The Death of Dick Long. It, uh, it was supposed to be like a comedy crime drama. It was la- severely lacking on the comedy... It was definitely there on the crime, and the drama was just, me. Uh, it was serviceable, I suppose. It's about three friends where one mysteriously dies and the other two are desperately trying to cover it up. And, you know, it all leads up to this big, horrible, uncomfortable, like genuinely disgusting reveal of what happened to their friend, which I'm not going to say on this podcast. So I can I ask you... Um... When you say it's like comedy crime, because I'm always interested when like comedy is listed as one of the genres when mixed with something else, you never know like what dosage of was it attempting to be funny and just wasn't, or was the comedy just kind of sparse? It was attempting to be funny, and I personally did not find it funny. Oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. It um, uh, I was just I I left this movie feeling very uncomfortable. Hmm. And it had oh, everything yeah. to do with the twist as to what happened to their friend. Well, that's not good. Todd, did you watch anything cool? Uh, I watched X once. <laughs> All right. Um, I watched Death on the Nile. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Uh, How was it? So <laughs> Kenneth Branagh just won an Oscar for a, a very wonderful movie, Belfast. He directed this one based on the Agatha Christie novel, written by Michael Green. He's good as Hercule Poirot. The rest is a slog. That's all I'll say about that one. (laughs) Any questions about Death on the Nile? Because I can answer them now, because I'm not talking about it after this. um, So my dad actually is watching that currently while we record this. (laughs) 
<laughs> is it? I walk. I walk down to get my to like get my liquid death mountain water. Please sponsor us. Um, and I walk by. I'm like, oh, what are you watching? He goes, Death on the Nile. I'm like, oh. Did you walk in? You just heard enough champagne to feel the Nile. <laughs> no, I I went to him. I'm like, you lied to my face. <laughs> Both those lines are in the movie. Uh, just in uh, is it as bad as the trailer makes it appear? It's worse because it's two hours. Also, is Depeche Mode... Depeche Mode... I don't know how to say the name of the Depeche band. Mode. Are they, Depeche, Depeche Mode. Mode. Are they in the, the movie or is that just a trailer thing? Like the I band couldn't Depeche tell Mode? you. Are they in the movie? There is a band. Didn't the recognize song. them as Depeche Mode. <laughs> I hope it was. I mean, Enjoy the Silence is not in it. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's, it's, enjoy this. Death on the Nile starring Depeche Mode. <laughs> that would have been more entertaining. There should have been silence. That's what I wanted after I saw this movie. Not to I prefer in excess it. myself. I do not. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I love, love, love that decade of music. Do not like in excess. But I'm not here to talk about that, so sorry. Um Jackass Forever I Saw, this is, of course, directed by Jeff Tremaine. I really liked it. If you're a Jackass fan, you'll like it too. You know what you're getting. They added some cool new cast members. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's right there for you to stream. If you like Jackass, go ahead and watch it. It's a fun time. Uh, I also watched Windfall. This is a Netflix movie. It's about a man invading the home of a billionaire couple who has to take them hostage when they arrive home unexpectedly. Directed by Charlie McDowell and written by Justin Lauder and Andrew Kevin Walker. Um, can I? Have either of you like knew of this movie's existence? I have not heard of it. No, I okay. saw it in the Netflix monthly trailer. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah, this stars Jesse Plemons, Lily Collins, and Jason Segel. It's a movie that doesn't get all the way there, really, in many of its elements. The performances are all pretty good um, to varying degrees, I would say, but the script really just fizzles out a few times, particularly at the end. Um, I should say this is like less of a thriller and more of like a tense drama, if you know what I mean. Like it isn't like that thrilling enough to be a thriller, um, but that is kind of like the mode that they're going for. However, it's... It's not boring, and it's a perfectly entertaining 90-minute movie. I would enjoy discussing it with somebody. The ending really... It just has one of those endings where it takes a bit of a left turn, and you're like, that just doesn't fit with the movie whatsoever. The, the puzzle pieces are not fitting here at all. So I do recommend it if you're looking for something to, to watch late at night and you're just looking for something 90 minutes. Go ahead and watch it. Are you guys ready to talk about X? I'm ready. I think we've all been ready since we stepped out of the theater. Mm-hmm. So this is about an adult film crew who stay in the guest home of a rural Texas couple in the 1970s and face brutal violence when they are caught in the act. This is written and directed by Ty West. Matt, what were your general thoughts? Would you recommend this? I thoroughly enjoyed this movie the first time we watched it like i said to the point where i was eager to see it again and i believe i saw or excuse me and i believe i said on a previous episode that i already pre-ordered multiple pieces of merch from a24 for this one nice which 
I wouldn't normally do, especially because A24 merch is expensive, but for this one I felt like it was worth it. I really enjoyed it front to back. A lot of, it was very, the first watch was very suspenseful through the first half, and then when it hits the point, when things really start to go down, when the dominoes start to fall, it's just, I, I picture this movie like a roller coaster, you know, you're creeping up, you're going up the hill, you're like, oh gosh, you know, can't wait to get to the top, and then it drops, and when it drops, it goes, and it yeah. wastes no time, and no... Nothing is taken for granted in this movie. And it's corny. Some of the, the elements are like corny slasher tropes. Like it uses... It doesn't... The one thing I'll say is it doesn't bring a ton of new stuff to the table, but it takes the, the tools that are in the sandbox of like the horror slasher genre and it uses them in relatively unique ways. And I just... Without getting into spoilers, I just I can't say enough about this movie. It's just two thumbs up. I recommend it to any fan of a slasher genre. You are really always an A plus with these metaphors. I thought you were spot on with the the anticipation roller coaster. Tyler, what did you think? So as much as we've had like a horror renaissance in the past few years, we have all these acclaimed horror movies. We've had some really bad slasher films lately. Um, so I was pumped to finally get a slasher that I really loved. Um, I like this movie quite a bit. Like, it, I think Matt mentioned it well with the roller coaster thing. Like, I mean, it just ratcheted up the tension until, like, it hit. And I thought it did well, like, from beginning to end. I was I was in for this ride. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who's a fan of horror. Yeah, this... Forget all the requels. I, they're all fine to varying degrees, but once you watch this movie, this is this is a big part of the future of slashers, which is something I'm looking forward to. It has actual good characters that aren't just you know, stupid kids that are targets for the killer. Even the people committing the violence are not just faces behind masks that are killing indiscriminately. It's fun. It moves. It really gets to a central idea that has been at the heart of the slasher genre for a very long time, which is the irony of placing violence over sex or seeing violence as something that's like more appropriate or morally superior to sex in society. And it's just a great time at the movies. I recommend it to all horror fans. If I can tell a short story... At one point, there is a character in the movie. They're talking about the film that they're making. And she says something to the effect of, well, let's just give them what they want, a movie with some ass and big titties. And a, a guy in our audience in the pause was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. But that's, that's a perfect example of like what this movie tries to do. It's, it's like meta but effective in the way that it's meta. And yeah, is that... Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it calls upon the traditions, but there's there is some invention here, so totally. I like that a it, lot. It does have some nice callbacks to classic um horror movies too. With with yeah, like literal right. literal like callbacks like rips from re, well recreations but rips of a few different classic horror movies which I think they did pretty well. And no one's threatening to cancel the killer, so you know that's a plus. <laughs> Yeah, still trying to figure out what that means. 
As I as was mentioned, good characters here. Uh, Mia Goth, who was awesome both as her character Maxine just in regular life, and like even her porn acting was really really good. Um, and she also plays Pearl, the older woman that we meet in a very um, a very good performance. I couldn't always understand what she was saying, but still a, a very good performance and that's gonna lead to a question i'm gonna have for you guys later did anyone in the cast really stick out for you guys um scott meskety but um <laughs> we can get into that later <laughs> oh yeah stick out he's, he, he's stuck out <laughs> no but actually um i just want to I want to piggyback on the fact that I, I really enjoyed Mia Goth and her double performance as Pearl and Maxine, especially with them having relatively, well, okay, I won't spoil it now, but with their, their what we find out about their similarities, we'll say, mm. their connection, kind of. Yeah. I also very much enjoyed Martin Henderson as Wayne, who was kind of like the um, the head boss of this whole thing. Also, just shout out, Martin Henderson been killing it on Virgin River on Netflix for years. So I know this is an X-Pod, but shout out to all the Virgin River fans. You are my family. You're great. All right. my, my girlfriend actually pointed that out, that uh, that's where she knew him from as well. Yeah, so it's awesome. Love it. That's the only show of that kind that I like. So, yeah, Scott Biscuity was very good. Um, he's hey, he he showed his been showing his acting chops in here and thought not he was just good. his acting chops. He's been showing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they all were definitely, but in in Don't Look Up as well, he's very good for his his brief role. Uh, Brittany Snow is Bobby Lynn. She's just like a great character. I've like enjoyed her so much more and more as her career is going on. I also just want to add real quick. I love that Scott Meskety's character's name is Jackson Hole. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best porno name ever. Uh, Jenna Ortega is thankfully in a much better scary movie than, <laughs> than Scream 5. I, I disagree about the better part. Well, I, I, I agree about the better part. I disagree about it being much better because I, okay. I enjoyed Scream but yeah um, she was excellent having to play these her character had to change quite a few times throughout this film and I thought she pulled that off quite wonderfully Owen Campbell as so Owen Campbell plays RJ Nichols as this very you know like Jack Horner from Boogie Nights he is a guy who cares a lot and wants to make a high quality pornographic film so you know we spoke about pta on the oscars show i thought that was a very interesting uh boogie nights connection uh steven uray as as howard the older man and james galen has a nice nice few minutes as sheriff dentler he was awesome delivers a wonderful line <laughs> yeah that is the best line like that that's the line that that got my butt in that seat on opening night and are we are we gonna swear on this one? Can we are we gonna just slap an explicit sticker on it and say let's just go in? 
this is a film about a really explicit film, violent and sexual about pornography. Go so ahead. I guess trigger warning at this point for anyone that hasn't turned it off at the fact that we're. I already about said it. ass and titties. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. I'll throw. Maybe I'll throw a trigger warning at the beginning. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. Um, Caution, like, wait, wait. Can you just uh, can you just imagine anybody who's like innocently trying to listen to an X podcast and they're like, "What is this?" <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying we have a reputation to uphold at this point. I thought this was the prequel to the Xander Cage movies. <laughs> Only one X. Well, anyway, the line that got me my butt into the seat was the sheriff saying the iconic line that comes right after his deputy brings up a camera and he goes, whoa, what do you reckon is on it? And he goes, well, by the looks of it, one goddamn fucked up horror picture. It's a good impression. And I, I was sold at that line. And it delivered. It did, especially where it was placed. Um, I did have a bit of an issue when we get into spoilers with like the way this was framed. It used a very common device, which I'm not a fan of, but we will get into that. Um, I So we have Howard and, and Pearl, the older couple. Um, and I love in, in a worse movie... They would have just been sidelined as like the crazy old people who are. This would have been the visit. Yeah. You guys ever see the visit with M Night Shyamalan? That's well, not with him, but. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, yes, actually, I did see the visit. M Night was sitting right next to me the whole time. He was telling <laughs> me about this pitch he had about this graphic novel that he re- that he read called Sandcastle. Oh, we love old but uh, not for the right reasons yeah this in a worse movie this would have been like oh they're the crazy old people they're senile they're they're this they're that but we get a lot of pearl and howard and we learn a lot about them and though they do some crazy things we understand it at least a little bit um and i do think this movie had some interesting commentary on like our condescension of the old Uh, or not the old the elderly i should say and how we like you know when you see somebody is elderly a lot of people assume that they were never young or they didn't live um in a full capacity as everyone does because you never saw them as younger um you know it's a, a limited attitude that we so often have um interpersonally so i i was impressed that they were able to streamline that into this this crazy scary movie did you guys think that well i have a couple of questions did you think this was scary did it matter that it was scary and can a slasher be scary anymore you can answer any or all of those so on first watch i was on the edge of my seat like i said for the first half of it when it's really going up that attention incline and then once the action started falling i don't know i i can't i don't know i don't know i can't say i wasn't scared but it was just a different type of of reaction i'm just like oh god what's gonna happen next you know but what i really enjoyed too is that it didn't over rely on jump scares which is the thing i hate the most about a lot of modern horror movies it's like it's not Mm. stuff just popping out at you for the sake of popping out at you a lot of the scares, some of them were jump scares, some of them were, were just like, 
genuine like shock like oh you know cringe there was one excellent one that was mm. like a feat of editing mm. which i was very impressed by um so yeah i i will say the twists and turns in this movie are great because they don't just come totally out of left field they make sense within the story they're not introducing like you know crazy elements that you didn't know about before just because it's going to help with the plot or whatever oh it's the it's the villain's cousin's brother exactly we didn't know about for the first half of the movie <laughs> yeah exactly they, they didn't have any of that um and i I'd also like this motif again it, it went to this connection between you know sex and horror both being very like often considered salacious things they're both um very exciting things in different ways we get this preacher on the tv um kind of talking about fire and brimstone and sort of like an increasingly secular society and it was this real um real excellent way to set the tone of the atmosphere of the movie without having to like overwrite it into the script it was a good like device to put to the side um so i enjoyed that as well and then it it We'll get into it, but it fed into something that happened later. Uh, any final thoughts before we move into spoilers? I'm so excited to get into spoilers. Let's go. All right. So before we do, we're just going to take a very short break to listen to a message from our very awesome podcast friends. We'll be right back. Has this ever happened to you? You're in bed, drifting off, and suddenly think, Who would win in a tug-of-war match between Superboy and Merlin? Did Marvel ever try to make a long-haul trucker into a superhero? How would it work out if I named my dog after a D-list supervillain? The answers in order are Merlin. Yes. And amazing. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. And we host the podcast Ten Cent Takes, a show that looks at weird, silly, and cool moments from comics and how they're woven into the larger fabric of history. Moments like the time Superman shield for Radio Shack. When Archie got tempted by the devil. Oh, and then there was that time that DC Comics gave a superhero AIDS in an effort to be topical. It's always weird around here, but we'd like to think it's also interesting. So come with us and commit random acts of pop culture archaeology, one issue at a time. If you'd like to learn more, head over to TenCentTakes.com. All right, we're back, and now we're getting into spoilers for the movie X. This is your warning, and you should heed the warning because this is a great movie that you want to be surprised by in a theater if you can. So, we start off with the framing device of skipping to the end of the movie where we get the house, and there are, like, bloodied body bags lying all around. I will just tell you... This is a very common device nowadays, um, you know, skipping to the end so you, that you see something very crazy so it gets you into it and then going back to see how it happened. And I don't think it works for this movie. I'm going to praise this movie quite a lot, but this was one thing that I did not think worked because as I was watching it, I'm like, one, I'm, I'm tired of this. So many movies do this. I'm tired of it. Deepwater just did it. Deepwater just did it. And, well did it oh true because he had the pants on there were different yeah, pants was different, different. <laughs> but i was like you know what let me just like chill out my overly critical brain and see if it like somehow plays into the movie later and i don't think it did like i i went to see this movie having seen the trailer 
I know some crazy stuff's gonna happen. I don't need you to like show me in the beginning of the movie, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. I will say that. Oh, sorry. Um, I will say that it actually like they did where the scene in the beginning where the sheriff like it's like, hey, look at this. And he's like, oh my god, that was way less than I was expecting. I was expecting so much worse. <laughs> so like it, it overhyped my ex, like what they saw down there. <laughs> like, mm. especially when you get Jenna Ortega's scream about it later. Yeah. And she's like, ah. Also, like I just thought like the whole time I'm like, well, how did they end up this way? And that kind of really made me think like, you know, well this has to happen here or something. Like I don't know, it just kind of like ruined it. I would I would have rather did not been there at all. See, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, the way I looked at it, I I thought there was a little bit of mystery of like who was under the blanket because it didn't quite show who was under the the like the blanket or the cloth or whatever that it didn't show who that last dead body was so there, i had that mystery in the back of my mind for most of the movie like you know you saw all the destruction but you didn't see exactly who was going to fall where or how it was going to play out yeah i mean that's that's fair and it's it's not bad in any sort of way i just like i just found it unnecessary like i know a bunch of people are going to get killed um mm-hmm like just surprise me uh but it, again it's not a bad device just not my favorite um first 20 minutes we get set up we get the 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 porn crew we get maxine who wants to be a star um uh, it is a very good actress and you know there's filming all this kind of stuff the first scene i want to talk about is the alligator scene hmm. we have maxine who is waiting for her scene in the film uh, she goes down to a lake and takes a dip and this was just an awesome awesome example of scaring the crap out of an audience without there having to be like terror it was just like super suspense there's an excellent aerial shot of this alligator like swimming towards her she doesn't even know it thought that was so cool yeah, and that's a scene that I find way more scary than, like, a jump scare. Like, if the alligator just appeared, like, you're building yeah. up the tension. I think that works a lot better. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what does it for me, you know? Yeah, and it the excellent thing about that was you knew the alligator was coming up later. There's no, like, introducing mm-hmm. an alligator and then them being <laughs> yeah, like, all right, that's... We, do, we just wanted him for one day. He's good. He can go home. But what I like about a like what this movie does is it doesn't elevate any it does kind of towards the end but it doesn't really elevate any of the actors above the, one another so like I I wouldn't have been shocked if the alligator had actually gotten her in that scene mm. like that that's what worked well. Yeah. That that's an excellent point. Uh, yeah. That's a great thought. So I I have a question. Maxine and Pearl are in the house. She's having some lemonade. Pearl clearly wants to interact with her. She talks about her younger days, um, how she was beautiful and promising. She was a dancer. Yes, correct. Am I right about that? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And then, so I'm a little muddled on this. We saw this a little while ago, so please forgive me if I'm incorrect and correct me, but Howard was injured in war. That was the impression I got, right? I don't recall that specifically. I know he was in the war, but I don't know if they necessarily said he got injured in the war. We like they obviously pointed out he had a heart condition later in the film, but that could have just been from old age. I don't know if that was necessarily from being in the war. 
Okay, because I was like a little confused just trying to remember. Uh, I was just trying to remember because I didn't know if they were like trying to imply that a war injury had like contributed to his impotency or something like that. Maybe it's not that important, but I was just trying to uh, fish in my memory see if that was important at all. Yeah, I don't remember specifically about that part. I know he was. I remember him being in the war, and um, him having the heart condition. Yeah, I guess that's the important part. Did you guys enjoy Brittany Snow's rendition of Landslide? I did. I, I I thought that scene really could have been taken out, and it wouldn't have affected the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, but it was a nice little nice little thing to throw in there. It was fine. <laughs> It was. I, I mean, it, they did take the time to, like, again, they do this good thing where they're showing you both the porn film crew, who you know are going to be victims, but then they're showing you Pearl as well and, like, the, you know, the loss of her her vitality, her life, and here are these people who may have a chance to bring some of that back to her, and they just kind of see her as this old lady who they don't want to interact with. So I I like the scene... For that but i think you're right it could have been taken out but they do have this great scene where uh lorraine jenna ortega has kind of been like grossed out by all the porn stuff so far and then they're talking about they're talking very casually about porn on film and how it doesn't really matter because it's not affecting feelings and then she decides she wants to do a scene and i thought it was a great way of showing like the sticky feelings, pardon my pun, around sex of, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you can believe in, there, there's mixed feelings around believing in like, you know, sexual independence and all this co- stuff, but also like feeling jealous of certain things. And, you know, th- sex brings up a lot of complicated feelings for people. Um, and I thought this scene was it was an awesome tension builder that wasn't just like horror stuff yeah i mean it it really uh i thought it was a critique of of those people that are all you know pro sexual independence but then as soon as you know it gets down down to uh i guess down to bone for lack of a better term it's like down, <laughs> down to, to bone, bone. <laughs> i don't know are you down to bone we're, we're getting down oh, to on. bone <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what I would use to phrase that, but like, they basically they're virtually virtue signaling about you know freedom and independent sexual independence because it's like oh it's okay if other couples and other people do it but not not my partner like it's right and it's complicated and you you. So thank you. You articulated it very well. Um, I don't know if I don't know if saying down to bone is articulating well, no. anything very now, well. But... Now we have a new catchphrase on the pod. Were you down to bone with this movie? Nah, nah, I wasn't really down to bone. I was down to dry hump this one, but not the bone. All right, sorry. I'll stop with that. Make sure we just tell... so you know, guys. When we're gonna talk about spoilers, we're gonna say we're getting down to bone. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure, make sure we block our parents from listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we, so RJ is devastated by this because, you know, when your girlfriend shoots a scene with Jackson Hole, it's a little upsetting. 
And I, I, I can speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you could do to save face was call her an incompetent little baby idiot. And <laughs> then you had to walk away, act like, act like you wanted it. <laughs> uh, but he goes outside. He's going to drive away, runs into Pearl. And I thought there was a good line writing here where she like starts to... Uh, Pearl is very forceful with her sexuality and she is coming on to him and she is taking off her clothes and he didn't say oh you know let's go inside he's like oh no thank you. he's like oh no I don't want to see that right like what yeah. a reject what a nasty rejection I don't want to see that um, and so this leads her to snap and she stabs him a lot a lot <laughs> yeah uh, and this is and this was the drop this was the roller coaster drop of the movie right here. Yeah. Um, I just want to go over this sequence real quick. So it really starts out with him, you know, driving towards the driveway. She, he comes across her standing in the driveway in his way. He gets out. They have that whole scene where he's like, "I don't want that," and he rejects her. Then she stabs him. And while the while that first section is happening, we still we've got. Um, Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper playing in the background. And then that slowly fades out. And then we transition into a song which I believe... I don't know if it's an original song, but it's an original original rendition to this movie by Chelsea Wolfe of Wee Wee Marie. And it's just like this sort of slow, brooding song. And she starts like almost like dancing in place after she stabbed this guy and she's covered in blood. (laughs) This was a total like the, Joker dance. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a Joker dance. That's actually a great, <laughs> a great uh, analogy there. And it's just very creepy, very almost entrancing at the same time. And the yeah. the cinema, the camera just goes red. It's just everything's red. She does her little dance, and then it slowly the red fades back to color. The slow song goes back to Blue Oyster Cult. And then scene. I thought that was just such a transcendent, unique scene to include in this movie. And it's really the only time we get something like that. So it stood out to me. You're 100% right. And it like it put us in the mode of like she is in a totally different mindset in a totally different world right now. And you're absolutely right. The visuals, the sound absolutely reflected that. We got Wayne. Wayne looking in the eye holes, and he shouldn't have done it because he got a pitchfork through both his eyeballs. That, after stepping on a nail. After, oh, on. my God, enough with the nails. <laughs> the nail, I, like, the whole the whole audience was like, oh, when they showed the nails, I was stepping towards it. Eye injuries in movies, stop with the eyes. You know, like, oh, my God. Like, John Wick has a whole scene dedicated to a slow stabbing of an eyeball, and I can't stand watching people get stabbed in the eyes. <laughs> so, I couldn't even, watching it the second time, I had to close my eyes during that scene. I just couldn't watch it again. Hmm. I don't know if you guys heard me, but I let out a very weird noise when it <laughs> happened. I was like, oh. No, <laughs> it's just a pure you. disgust. I can't. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. And then and then when they cut back to it a couple scenes later, like her pulling the fork out, 
Oh yeah, the cut right to it. Yeah, because well, she yeah. hit the light well, switch when uh, the light hit the light switch, <laughs> and then it cut back to her pulling the pitchfork out, which I forgot happened. That, so I, that, that was a jump scare. Time. That was good. That was effective. <laughs> it was yeah. the best. Like that was such excellent editing. I was so impressed with that. Mm-hmm. A quick poll: What's the worst nail in foot scene in a movie? Home Alone with Marv, A Quiet Place with Emily Blunt, or this? Uh, this one was pretty bad because he was like in the well. I I didn't see a quiet place. Was it part two that that happened? No, it was, was the first one. I don't remember. One. I don't remember that much about the first one. Surprisingly, but, I'm um, surprised because that was she, was, in a, awful. was she in a barn when that happened too? She was pregnant in a house, in a house. going down to a basement. Okay, well and... this this one's in a barn, so I think this one has to take it. I don't know that like her trying to be silent when she stepped on the nail in a quiet place was pretty mm-hmm. gruesome. True, true. Like the China. <laughs> but also all... Home Alone was just a comedy, so you weren't expecting Yeah. That. <laughs> a really gruesome comedy. Love yes. Home Alone, but my lord. <laughs> Alright, so speaking of Lorraine in the basement, Lorraine gets in the basement. Um, Howard tricks her. We know that he's part of the scheme now. It's not just Pearl. And when she gets down there, she discovers this missing man, like, hung up his pants around his ankles, I believe. So what is the point of the violence? Why are they doing this to people? What did you guys think? Uh, that, you know, that one, that's a tough question, even having, having seen it twice. I think... I mean... I don't know if this was the intention, but my mind immediately jumped to the pastor on the TV, like brainwashing them. Okay. Into that thinking, could be. Into thinking, um, you know, sex is the devil and all that crap. And um, maybe that, but a combination of that and them just being like old and senile. So I, that could be. I was wondering if perhaps because we we get this a couple of times where um, Pearl is feeling sexual, sexually ready and Howard's like, I might die. My heart might give out. I can't do it. So I was thinking, because it's a young man down there, were they like capturing people for Pearl to like have sexual activity with? That's how I took it. That's what I thought, but I, I I don't know. They didn't, like, confirm any more about that. I thought that kind of went against, though, like, um, when he was like, don't tempt my wife. Like, yeah. if, like if he was going to capture him anyway, then it's just a Yeah, it confused me, but I, I don't know. I, was... I think not knowing is half the fun. Maybe, yeah, that's true. And speaking of that, we get um, Jackson searching around in the water i thought the alligator was gonna get him so that was a nice Mm -hmm. fake out but instead we have howard shooting him point blank in the chest (laughs) yeah that was that was that was a hell of a cut just the gun up fire and it cut immediately (laughs) yeah he deserved better Uh, especially after hanging down like he did (laughs) he was down to bone (laughs) yeah we're getting down to bone here. Uh, Pearl, Pearl was down to bone because she climbs into bed with Maxine with no clothes. I'm curious as to what her plan was, uh, but Maxine was not having any of it. 
and so she ran away. That that scene freaked me out too, big time. Yeah. Yeah, that was disturbing. It's it's better when you when you find out they're the same persons. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. same actors. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm curious as how they filmed that now. That's a good point. Um, then we get Bobby Lynn on the dock trying to help Pearl. Uh, Pearl accuses her of being a whore. And then we get the alligator, which I thought was effective. I thought at that point was perhaps like a bit projected. Like you yeah. knew it was going to happen at that point. I, I just want to back up one second before we... Um, Please do. So at that scene, she has a whole discourse with Pearl about how... She was almost a nurse before she went into the porn industry, and um, and then Pearl was mad at her because uh, I forget she, she, oh, she was mad at her because she gets to flaunt it around and blah blah blah, and um, Bobby Lynn delivers a really impactful line in my opinion when she's like, "It's not my fault you didn't live the life you you wanted" or something to that effect. Which I think that's actually what agitated Pearl to the point of pushing her into the water and getting eaten by the alligator. But I think that kind of went back to the whole theme of like Pearl trying to recapture something that she used to have or never had but wanted. Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, Jealousy is one of the most powerful motivations behind violence in, in life and in movies. I forgot to mention Lorraine's Lorraine's finger appointment. Oh. Uh, that was that was grisly. <laughs> so if anyone, the only like worse version of that I've ever seen was in Green Room. Oh um, God, yeah, yeah, that's that was awful, and this one was bad too. I was rooting for her to like just cut another hole in the door that was closer to the lock, um, but you well, know had, I understand the desperation. <laughs> well, she had to have her "Here's Johnny" moment too. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> direct rip yeah. of the shining with her sticking her face through the door so that was you know the finger the hand through the door and then something bad happening was something i'd seen before but again there was like a freshness to it it still got right this time and that's and that's Wait, so go ahead oh i was just gonna say doesn't he say like he captured her for pearl so maybe that was a like he's like i have one in the basement yeah so they were capturing people for Pearl. Yeah, because when she's like, when she killed Bobby Lynn, she's like, you know, I don't like blondes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that was the the point of the man in the basement. Hmm. I wonder what that guy's story was. How long was he? <laughs> Maybe there? we'll find out in Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's exciting we're getting that. Um. So once Lorraine gets out, Maxine and her in the house. She, I didn't expect her to go down that fast, but she did. They didn't waste any time with that. She's getting out of there, but no, she isn't. So close and yet so far. So Glenn close. So, yeah, yet so, so Glenn far. <laughs> uh, but she, she like awakens for a second. Howard's heart can't take it. It's been too much excitement for one night. He has a heart attack and perishes right there. Oh, never mind. Never, yeah. It's it's so funny that that's what pushed him over the edge because I mean he at first he's like oh no I can't have sex with you Pearl because uh, my heart can't take it and then he ends up doing it anyway later in the film. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention While there. While is hiding under the bed in like one of the most disturbing <laughs> things ever. <laughs> and, uh, 
I'm te- I, I'm <laughs> tempted to. Well, I, I don't know if I should say that scene was good, but it was interesting that it they included effective. it. It was effective. <laughs> uh, I'll it, say that. I think it had an intended reaction that it achieved. It did achieve it. Um, the unloaded pistol was. I was like a little eye roll at that. I I wish they didn't spoil it in the beginning that it was unloaded. Yeah. Like I knew it was unloaded the whole time. I mean, um, if you've ever just... seen a movie, you knew it was unloaded. Yeah, yeah, but they specifically like the scene in the beginning when they first get there. Uh, Howard greets Wayne with a shotgun at the door, and then tells him, "Oh, it's unloaded." He's like, "Oh yeah, I keep one unloaded in my car too." Which also, <laughs> Howard was clearly lying about that <laughs> he at, was. on second watch. <laughs> well, on first yeah. watch too, but it's like he obviously unless he lied. loaded it in between. I guess that could have easily happened. But yeah, it's just, it's so funny that that, that her like choking on her blood was the thing that pushed him over the head. He's like, oh, oh, my heart, I'm done. <laughs> He's squeamish. What are you going to do? Also, I love the fact that so many people killed just purely because they didn't expect the old people to actually be dangerous. Right. It goes back to that, that condescension. Soon, which, as we'll find out in a second, you know, as soon as... As soon as the character, or, yeah, character that's left is on to them, it's like, boom. <laughs> Done in two, two seconds. Yeah, which I just, <laughs> I didn't like the pistol, but I think we all thought that was redeemed a second later oh, yeah, when yeah. Pearl <laughs> shoots the shotgun. And it's like it's fine. The most recoil that there's ever been on a person. <laughs> Breaks her hip. Rallies right through the door. Yeah. <laughs> And then we we get Maxine rolling over her head with the car. Uh, yeah. And then uh, question: Where did Maxine go? Where would she have gone? Um. They, the police right away. We have to wait. Well, we're not gonna find out in Pearl because it's technically a prequel. Yeah. Um. But I'm assuming they're gonna go for a trilogy as long as this one and the next one do okay. We'll find out in X3, the last stand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Triple X. The return of Maxine. They never gave her a last name. Or, no, they did. I just forgot what it was. Did they give her a last name? They did, like, right at the beginning. And then never mm. referred to it again. It's not even on IMDb, so I can't remember what it is. Oh. And then we we learn that Maxine is, is the daughter of this... This religious family on TV, yes, yes, that's yes. the twist, right? I fine. I don't know if it added much to the movie. All she's, right, she's going back to the church now. Yeah. She's like, yeah, they're right. This bad things do happen. <laughs> no, um, on the second watch, that motif sticks out more. In, okay. When, um, when you know the context of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it even without that, and I I thought it was a nice touch. Um. Yeah, it was good. It was good, and then we and then we go back, which I thought was the better segment of the sheriff. And then you, he had the line that you talked about, and then boom, we're done. Great way to end it. Nice, yeah, nice clean run time. Not super long. No, doesn't waste time. And as you guys mentioned, we are getting the prequel film, which I guess was written and shot very quickly, uh, filmed directly after this one, and. I'm hearing will also come out in 2022, which would be cool. This would be like this year's uh, 
Fear Street series. Oh, I didn't hear it was coming out this year, too. Um, could I? It could not, but I've heard that it is. But if anyone goes to see it in theaters, make sure you. If you're if you're interested in that, I'm not sure if it's up on YouTube. I saw it as a post credit scene the second time I saw the movie. I just want to say, and you know, I get Marvel and and maybe some other comic book movies. Stop with the post credit scene, or if you're gonna have one just before the movie, just be like, "Hey, there's post credit scene." Yeah, <laughs> let me know. Yeah, just, I was a little, I, I'm, I was a little I'm sick of them. That I didn't get. We didn't get it the first time. Why would we expect a post-credit scene at a movie that wraps up like that? <laughs> yeah, for a prequel. Yeah, I I totally agree with it, but I mean it's fine because we'll see the prequel, just like the Spider-Man post-post-credit scene, which was just the Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah, I mean that's basically what this one was too, but it's it didn't it you know it didn't feel as uh, egregious. <laughs> Since they're saying this is going to be a trilogy, I hope they, they do make a sequel and it's just the uh, sheriff watching it and we're just watching his reaction to the original movie <laughs> shot to the camera. No, what we do is we get all the townspeople in a circle armed with various tools and they start beating up on, on Pearl. But then she, in the last second, she just kills them all. <laughs> because she feeds, she feeds on the fear, and the fear is the living. He's down to bone. He's down to the earth. I'm just going to say more incomprehensible things. Oh, no, the crowd has gotten too horny. And she yeah. feeds on this when she was looking out that window, she was actually just looking at herself. Yeah. She was literally looking in a mirror. In this case, yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank thank God we got this movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a please go see this in in theaters if you have not already, or even if you have, go see it again. Yes, it deserves all the money. Yes. Any final thoughts on X? Like I said, what. It, this movie deserves all the support it can get. I'm pretty sure it, it's a 24. I'm sure, pretty sure, they uh, have already greenlit the prequel. I'm sure it's gonna catch its niche audience and do well anyway, at least moderately. But please, I want this movie to do to just do as well as it can. I mm. want this movie to go to the Oscars. I don't care. <laughs> I I want to see this movie. <laughs> go someplace all right well that's a fun game what category editing um, editing um probably um visual effects or i don't know if costume design me i don't know what would you consider uh, the prosthetics that'd be costume would that be costume design technically that's more makeup makeup, makeup and hairstyling yeah yeah um, oh yeah that's true they for, did create a whole another character out of mia goth yeah I mean, yeah, that's as big a transformation as possibly, any other possibly in biopics. Di- possibly directing. That would be a bit more of a long shot, depending on yeah. what else comes out this year. But... I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> I mean, right now, yeah, you can't compare it to anything that's out right now. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I want it to at least get a little buzz. I want it to get a little nod or something. That would be cool. I don't think that there's a chance in hell. I know it's a pipe dream, but, I mean, I'm... What's the be- What's the better chance? That this gets a nomination for anything, or that "Marry Me" gets a original song nomination. Mm. <laughs> I say "Marry Me" yeah. an original song. That better happen. 
Put, get J-Lo on the Oscars. Come on. I know we had our Oscars episode yeah. also. That but... Oscar voter will not let it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was funny. No, because if they oh. if they sent this to the Oscars, then they'd have to show a clip from it. And I don't think there's any acceptable <laughs> clip from this movie that they can show. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, not when... Um... Not when it matters. <laughs> not when Wayne makes RJ feel his bulge and he's like, feel how hard I am. I don't think they could show uh, that. Oh, yeah. I also really enjoyed that Like they kind of flipped the uh, trope of... Like having the women be scantily clad while the men are mostly fully dressed. Like all the dudes yeah. are like half naked in this in this entire film, except for like the first when they first arrive. To be fair, the women are too. The women are too. I guess that's true. <laughs> but I feel like it wasn't an egregious amount. It, like it wasn't disproportionate. Yes, there I'll was. There's there's something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. If you, the listener, first of all, thank you for sticking us with us. We love doing this for you. We love talking to you. If you want to tell us anything about X, about anything else, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. If you like the show, tell a friend, spread the word, rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at screensaverspod. And our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me at Maddie X Sturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler? Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkis and at Tyler96 on Letterboxd. All right, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at MGallet. Go see X. Thank you for listening, for sticking to the end. We'll see you guys next time. That was one goddamn fucked up podcast. <laughs> Keep staying down to bone, guys. (laughs) Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallant, Tyler Sutkiss, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.